Hi, we're the Astro Twins, and welcome to the Astrology of Success podcast, where we teach entrepreneurs how to turn their gifts into real-world success stories guided by the stars. Hey everyone, it's Ophie from the Astro Twins, back with another Astrology of Success episode. Today I have one of my favorite people, Aries David Vox from Barcelona. Hey, David. Hey, Ophie. We are internationally uh, chatting here. David is someone who has, full disclosure, worked with AstroStyle and really helped transform our business, uh, extending into some of the offerings, educational and marketing and just helped us grow so much. David's a business coach and he works with entrepreneurs with a mission to change the world like you guys. Um, He has a dedicated approach to coaches, therapists, spiritual teachers, all of the things that our Astro crew loves doing. We're here to change lives. Uh, David created a program called the Soft Cell Formula that you're going to hear about, which is what we really love about you, David. You have a way of selling that's not selling, not creepy, gross, and that kind of thing. So taught it as a live course, and now you're putting it together into an evergreen course, right, called How to Create a High-Level Transformational Coaching Program. Hello, who doesn't want to do that? And it's going to teach people the entire process from idea to launch. If you're thinking about creating your own program, which a lot of you are, so uh, we're going to give you a link to join the waiting list, and that's scheduled to start probably in September. So, hey, David, what's up? How are you? Hey, Ophie, I am so good, and I'm so grateful for you inviting me on this podcast. Yay. Um, David is a... Norwegian, uh, lives in Barcelona, traveled the world for eight months, and is just is back now from all of his globe trotting with uh, all kinds of great juicy information. So you did meditation. Where did you go on your on your travels? Tell everybody, David, before we talk business, because it's it's inspiring. <laughs> well, I decided to take a little break, and I ended up in Bali. Um, and also had a little course in Australia, but I spent most, most of my time in Bali just traveling around and then a little bit of trips around Europe and back to Norway to family and just had a lot of time to think on how I could bring myself and my business more into alignment and also to a higher level. Yeah, that's awesome. Cause you've been, you've been working in the, you know, agencies and marketing and everything since god you were probably what 21 or even younger kind of an upstart so you you never really took that kind of a break before did you no i actually didn't know how people even went on holiday so i was completely confused the first week because i would just you know i say to my friends that i follow the stars when i go on my travels and i say oh that's so beautiful what does it mean i'm like the five stars obviously uh, so it was <laughs> Oh, it was kind of superficial. I was just sitting on a hotel eating ice cream, watching Netflix and wondering, like, how do people do this without working? Like, I didn't know how not to work. <laughs> so it was a big challenge for me not to work. But the magic of creating this space to not do anything just, you know, it just made everything so much more special. I came back and had such a different clarity 
on everything that I want to do with my life and also who I'm here to serve. So I'm really, really grateful that I gave myself that break. That's awesome. I did it one time before on a monastery. I was sitting there for one month. And after I'd been on that monastery for a month, um, I decided <laughs> to start helping coaches and entrepreneurs doing this launch stuff. And that's when I introduced this methodology of soft selling. So we started launching over three months instead of like pushing people to buy something immediately. And it became such an incredible success. I think she never actually had made more than $500 a month before on her program. And suddenly she had made almost 200,000 in a week. Whoa. So she was in shock. Yeah, she was in shock. I was in shock. And then I just started to understand that, okay, I guess maybe this approach is a little bit more relevant than I thought it was. So you traveled and you brought back the, you know, this new sort of spiritual insight and took it to a client and they went and made all this money by applying the insights you had. If that's not a case for a vacation. And of course, did I mention David's an Aries, so they don't do anything small. They go big. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) And your timing was perfect to travel the world because Jupiter, which moves every 12 years, is in your world travel house, which you knew from working with us. And I think that gave you a little motivation to a little validation too right that this was the right time for this um yeah it was bizarre that you had already written that when i had sort of planned or thought that i would go and travel the world and then it was already in the planner for this year so i'm like i guess i'll be <laughs> already invited and i have to get my ass in. <laughs> <laughs> that was an awesome moment you're like i want to travel the world it's like great i just wrote wrote that in your horoscope do it so <laughs> it was perfect. So let's talk about the soft sell methodology. We've all we all know what being what hard selling is. We've all had that felt pushed or pressured or manipulated and you know we know that feels gross and as a conscious entrepreneur uh you never want to make people feel that way. So it's such a dilemma sometimes. He's like, well, I got to make money. I have this great offering or course or whatever I've created, but I don't want to be the jerk that tries to shove it down people's throats because then why did I even do this? So you have the answer to that with uh, the soft sell methodology and what, you know now what you're turning it into. So you know, let's talk a little bit about what inspired you to do that. Well, I ended up on this journey working with amazing people like yourself um, because I was in desperate need of healing. So I ended up on a path where I suddenly, after having many businesses, some that failed and some that became super successful, I ended up getting a million dollar in an investment where I had the possibility to travel the world and actually work with some of the top coaches and therapists um, that you could find in our time. And when, when that sort of transition, it's kind of weird, but when that kind of transition, I ended up as a marketing person for some of these amazing uh, teachers and coaches and therapists, but I had a huge challenge inside me because the industry standard is sort of like push people and burn your list and scare people to buy things and only focus on pain points and all of that. And I personally don't align very much with that because I don't like dishonesty. I don't like lying. I don't like people hiding away information. I absolutely despise manipulation and people pushing me or other people. And Mm -hmm. I think that it comes a lot from my childhood where there were a lot of like violence and lies and manipulation. And also 
ending up in a Christian community where, you know, there was a, definitely a lot of like pushing people and manipulating people and uh, putting people into submission. So I don't even want to touch that energy. I had enough scarcity in my life. So I don't yeah. want to let my entire business and career be about scaring people into doing something or buying something. Right. So, yeah. So luckily I found out that I actually asked the first kind, like, can I please try a different approach with you where we were telling stories and really connecting with them long term and creating so much more trust and engagement. And it was just so funny to see that people were rallying behind us. And when we, and everyone was like, after a few months, they were asking, you know, when is it opening? When can I join? When can I join? When we opened the gates, it was like almost 200,000, just, you know, from the first little webinar we had. And we had no advertising money because, you know, it was kind of didn't have much money. She was making $500 a month. So my first launch, I literally charged two and a half thousand dollars a week to work for three months. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So you took That's a vow of poverty, huh? Uh, so <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. And what was it that uh, what was it that worked specifically? Do you think uh, for this client, what made that that flip from five hundred to two hundred thousand for her? I think it's all about being relatable and being real. Uh, so many of us we desperately try to look or be more professional than we really are, yeah. or to some more professional. But if you look at professors around the world that maybe know the most and have a PhD in whatever subject that they're an expert in, they're not usually billionaires. Right. <laughs> you know, They're not very relatable. And when they, when they write a book, maybe they write 300 copies because it's only other professors who's going to read that book because nobody mm. else sort of can connect to that material. So I think 98% of our decision is literally just based on how people show up. It's like this nonverbal communication that people connect to. So when people start connecting with stories and they're sharing long-term, like long stories about their life and their transformation and their clients, it actually ends up in the long-term memory of the brain. So when we started telling these stories about these beautiful outcomes that this product could, could create, People could connect to the story, they could relate to the story, they could identify with the story, but they would remember the story. Yeah. I'm get, I guess like we don't even remember any of the commercials that we saw today, but it's many thousand commercial impressions that we receive every day. But we do remember stories. They just go straight into the long-term memory. And when we relate to the characters and to the narrative, then we start becoming a part of it. We start okay. adapting to it and we start adopting it into our own lives. So I think just becoming real and telling the stories just connected to people on a different level, but also letting the influencer actually talk to and engage to people so they don't feel like, okay, this is a one-way dialogue. She's actually a real human being and she will actually respond to me. The challenge with it was that, of course, she started getting thousands and thousands and thousands of emails eventually. But yeah. To a, certain, to a certain level, you know, it's the same for you guys as well. It's an impossible to answer all the requests, but at a certain level, you have to show people that you care. Like we're, yeah. we're here for you guys. We're not here for serving ourselves. Like nobody wants to, you know, money is not a brand. So if you really want a good strategy, let it be about serving others and finding that passion, that outcome that you want to help people achieve. That's great. So, so you know, you mentioned stories and that's interesting because... I've also seen it go the other way where somebody maybe 
tells too much of a story um, and it becomes all about them and their story. So do you think that there's a balance? Is it sort of a strategic storytelling or storytelling in support of your point and mission? Because I do see sometimes people get really caught up in, I was here and all this horrible things happened to me and da, da, da. And then you get, then you start to feel bad, like too. So what do you, what do you think of that? What do you have to say to that? It's such a brilliant question movie and that also just shows your level of awareness in this in this type of game <laughs> because i have met i've been with influencers when we invite them into doing webinars and we had one that was actually a psychologist and she could not stop talking about herself mm-hmm. and the engagement in our webinar just fell down and just died out because she was not connecting to people okay so when we're telling a story it's not really about you it is really about the audience that is listening to you. So if there's not an objective to engage with them, if there's not an objective for them to relate to that story so that they can build on that story or they can understand and take something from that story and use it in their own life, or if that story just ends in, come here and buy this, then people will not connect and they will not create trust with you. Mm-hmm. So it's extremely important that these stories, of course, we have to have some of those emotional uh, bonds. We have to be real so that people can have all of those beautiful little hormones that are braided in the brain when we are connected and we feel empathy and we feel trust. Mm-hmm. But it has to really be real and they have to feel that we're telling it to share it, not to speak to someone, but to share it, to create a space for them to also have their story, to have their experience. Right. So it's not like just throwing it in the and and you know in the beginning when you know instagram was young and then suddenly was this movement for people were like telling their personal story about you know everything in their life yeah and then that has become so abused like now everyone is sharing cellulite photos and everyone is sharing about their their trauma and it doesn't (laughs) have any substance yeah so you have to be a little bit careful because is it, is it really real for you? And will it give something to someone else? Will they say thank you for awakening this in me or to making me aware of this or to start this dialogue so that I could also be a part of it? Right. Or is, is it, it about them or is it about yeah. you, right? Is really what it comes yeah. down to. Is it an act of service? Are you sharing to give or are you sharing to get attention is what it sounds like you're saying, right? Yes, exactly. That's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Because I, I think it's it's important because people do struggle when they're first starting out and writing like to they either show too much under the hood and all their dirty laundry or they don't show enough. And like you said, try to be these super professional talking heads to, you know, as, as someone used to say that I know, make up and show for what you don't know. And that it's actually if you don't know something, it's OK, you know, just faking it till you make it does not work i don't think in this case i don't know how you feel about that no fake it till you make it is that other strategy which is like go big and use scarcity and burn the list you know the common strategy in the marketing world online is a one percent goal objective so that means that if you have a thousand people on your list you're just interested in getting one percent of those to buy your product and you don't care if the other people just burn out and I don't like that approach because they're also humans with feelings. They're not just like sheeps waiting to be thrown away in a launch strategy. 
<laughs> and it also makes us really hate ourselves. I think when yeah. we cannot be really humans and really care about the people in our business. Like I know how much you care about people in your business and your followers. Yes. And for me, that is crucial that there's real substance and real human beings, you know, in the company, because we want long-term clients and we want real relationships and we want to develop together over years. We just don't want to create a million lists and then burn it and then start all over, which is how the big marketing pros do it. They create a huge list, burn them and move on and start over. Yeah. So burning the list. I love the. So what you're saying is like you, for every thousand people, for example, you just focus on getting 1% of them to buy something, screw the rest of them, bombard them, spam them, annoy them and get your profit margin met. So we don't do that in the soft sell world, people, okay? So, and we've all been burned by someone's list and yeah, sure. I'm get, I mean, I get so many annoying emails from places that I've shopped, I've noticed lately too. And it's like, okay, you got a new item cranked out every day. I don't need to know. So, so every, every single day, 20%. Thank 20%, 20%. you. Nameless, large chain store at a mall that I bought something at for Black Friday. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so let's, you have your, you, of course, in your systematic European way, have a lovely, uh, 10 point uh, soft sell versus hard sell tips. I would love for you to read it um, or I can, whatever you want to do, but you have your 10, 10 main differences between soft selling and hard selling. I would love to go through that. So you want to do yeah, that? The soft yeah. Sell, yeah, the soft sell approach is usually focused on trust and validation instead of scarcity. So in the soft sell approach, we want to connect with them and create validation so that that means that for example if i'm working with somebody who has some type of an emotional challenge that they want to overcome i want to validate their experience i want them to understand that their pain is real i have the experience i have the knowledge i can be a mentor so that i can create trust so that you understand it i can guide you on this journey so it has to be some form of validation that people feel if they're going to trust you and soft sell is also focused on the long-term sales and relationship while in the hard sell you're sort of just focusing on getting people in and then getting people out mm -hmm. and soft sell is more focused on the dialogue part of it so that we're creating an answer together we're creating a dialogue together while hard sell sort of talks to you you know if you don't buy now you know your children might die tomorrow it's just horrific like the scarcity oh techniques and multiple multiple messages saying you know you have to take the decision or you're doing the wrong thing um you know and that is also part of the storytelling aspect of soft selling where you're interested in creating a narrative story that people can connect with on a personal and emotional and spiritual level while hard sell is more like it's just the story is the clickbait like click here and lose five grams or click here and become a millionaire it's like very yeah. it's like a junk food mentality in sales and marketing like go in here and get your burger eat it and run out well <laughs> we don't do that in soft selling is more like creating a flower, creating an ecosystem of people, creating a tribe that trusts you. And it doesn't really have to be a big thing because in hard sell, it's all about the big numbers and having a million followers and a million people. While in soft sell, honestly, I think I have 200 people on my list and I can 
probably made more money last year than most entrepreneurs are now. And it's not to brag, it's just showing that, you know, small amounts of people can do amazing things together. It doesn't have to be in the big numbers. I'm glad you said that, actually, because a lot of our people have like six people on a list or 10 or none. And they're like, what's the point? You know, it's like, treat, uh, you know, what do you say to that? Yeah. Well, I don't believe in the big numbers because I had one influencer, so I'm not going to say his name, who has millions and millions and millions of followers and he makes no money and have to let all his people go. Oh, wow. So the amount of followers doesn't, it, it doesn't mean anything. It's like monopoly money, you know, when you, you play that. Yeah. Is it called monopoly? Yeah. Monopoly, yeah. <laughs> I like the way yeah, you said monopoly. it. Monopoly. It's, like it's, it's different. <laughs> different in Norwegian. So it's just, it's like that type of, it doesn't really have any real social currency because, you know, it's really not about the number here. It is about how do you really connect with the people that are around you? And do they see you as somebody trustworthy and relatable? So this is, again, it comes back to this storytelling aspect of it, that the people that are on your list, those six people or those 200 people, when you share something, they open up their email because they want to hear from you because you're not a machine. You're not a corporation sending them emails. You're a real person that has something real to offer. And there is a story behind why you're offering it. And there's a story about why you're offering to them. Yeah. And that becomes human. That becomes relatable. And in this automated world, that is what people want and need. Great. Great. So true. So true. So this is great. Um, <laughs> you went through those fast. Yeah. I love it. Should we use more time? <laughs> yeah. No, no. It's, it's great. It's just so clear. I love it. Um, and one of our, one of our favorite, um, my favorite lessons that you've taught about our favorite too, because you taught this to one of our coaching groups. Well, just to, just to brag about David a little bit. So when we work together, we hired David because, um, you know, we, as, as many of you guys know, we publish a very big book every year about the entire year ahead, uh, our, our planetary planner, as we like to call it. And it's got the entire year and all the most important dates mapped out for every sign. And it's meant to be this great coaching and planning tool. The last one was like 700 pages with all the signs. And we put our hearts and souls into it every year. And I, you know, and I love it. I love providing it for people, but we were like, all right, if we're going to do all this work, we really need some help marketing it. So a mutual friend was working with David and we, um, worked a little bit together on a project for her. So we hired David to work on the book. And just to brag a little bit more, you did help us double the sales of it. Um, But it was because of this approach. It was, you know, one of the things we did was we created something called a sneak peek. We made a little landing page. I didn't even know what that was at the time. I learned so much. You're my like marketing guru professor here. I learned it all from you. Um, But so it was just a one page sneak peek. People who came to our website, there was a little pop-up. I know those can be annoying sometimes, but it was it was a giving pop-up. It was, hey, um, get your free 2018, at the time, 2018 horoscope highlights. And then they'd click on that, and they'd come to a simple page where they could click on their zodiac sign. And then they went, 
And then that took them to another really nicely designed page where they could see a little snippet from the book, got a little personal message like, hey, Aries, this year is really one of your sexiest in over a decade, and there's big money too, and, you know, here are some of the highlights. So if they only came to that page, they could feel that they had had a nice little snack from us, you know, they, there wasn't any pressure to buy, but if they were intrigued by what they read, which many people were, they could keep reading and then find out about the book. And they mm -hmm. did enter their email and, you know, because I know a lot of people feel weird asking for an email address, but if you don't, you cannot establish that pipeline, as I've learned from you. That's the thing you do want. You want to get an email address and use it respectfully and sacredly. As much as you wouldn't show up at somebody's home and just walk in, you'd knock on the door politely. I, I see it as the same thing with soft selling. Um, so we, we sent some nice a nice little series of emails, giving them more of their highlights that way too. I think it was a sequence of five emails they got over the course of a week. And in each one, they were invited to buy the book, but they were also given their love highlights, their career highlights, a little taste in every one so that, mm. um, so that they, and so that was your idea, David, and it worked so well. Uh, another idea was, um, we are affiliates for Marie Forleo's B-School, which is a, a $2,000 uh, online business training program that we partner with an offer to our entrepreneurial clients. But you had the idea of creating a, a pop-up group, a free group Facebook group, where we would give astrological business advice to people. And that has grown now over the past year and a half into our whole Astrology of Success programs and this podcast. So just by trying these soft sell ideas that you had, um, we've been able to grow this whole other part of our business and one that's very satisfying. We've been able to, you know, double the sales of this huge undertaking and keep multiplying them. And it's not just about the sales. It is about the sales because I want to stay in business and keep doing what I love. But it's also that, hey, if you're going to spend all this time making something valuable, you know, why? what's the difference if 5,000 people see it? Why shouldn't 10 or 100,000 people? Like, if you're doing good in the world, don't you want more people to see it? So that's that's my little, you know, my personal experience with some of your soft sell coaching that's really worked for a business like ours. So, um, and I, I love what you teach about soft sell titles, because I know that one of the things that people struggle with is how to say what they do, how to, how to stand out from the other yoga teachers or massage therapists or holistic counselors or life coaches. It's like, you say that and then people hear, oh, you're a life coach. Great. And you're 26. And uh, I, and what's your certification? And, and they start to question you. So you have such great advice for how people can get around that. Um, and even a, a worksheet that we're going to share, right, for how to create a soft sell title for your business. Uh, so we'll share that in the, in the notes uh, below the, the podcast. But Let's talk about that, David. Talk, talk about the soft sell title. Yeah, so the soft sell title is almost like a reverse sales pitch because if you are a life coach or 
a yoga teacher or say you're an attorney and you can imagine you present that title in an event to people and you can look into their eyes that they already sort of judged you and they have already created a calculation of your value and what you can do and you're not really in control over the narrative or over the situation because you get compared to millions and millions of other people and also you get compared to all the situations that this person have had with other people that call themselves the same thing as you do imagine all of the you know there's just a lot of people that don't take your job as seriously as you do just imagine in the therapy realm and in the designer realm, you know. So people have been burned and they have their impression of what you do if you present a generic title to people. So the self-self title is very, a very simple way to just kind of get around this and turn your title into a original statement. It pulls people towards you and not against you. So for example, if you say I'm a life coach, People usually turn into sort of a rejective response because people think they know what you do instead of creating an interesting title that people have not heard before so that they can use their curiosity to come closer to you. So instead of letting them lead the narrative and the result of, you know, the interaction you have with them, you're actually in charge. So instead of pushing them to see your value, you will be invited to share your value. Mm. So you will actually get pulled by them by the potential client to explain and express more of what you do. And that's what, when I say, you know, this is winning and not selling. So very simply, how do you do this? So I want people to create titles that is focused on the outcomes that they do, because the brain is a little bit funny when it comes to organizing problems. It's not like it arranges the database of problems by life coaches. It actually just arranges problems by pain points. So when we have some type of a pain, we have an outcome that we want to achieve. So for example, my editor um, that you also work with, Ophi. Yes, Juan, the video editor. Video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So when I met him, he made like seven to eight euros an hour. And now suddenly he makes around two to three thousand per video. And how is that even possible? Well, he really started to understand that the outcome that people wanted was a great sales video, a promotional video, because the promotional videos makes them money. Mm-hmm. And that is also what they pay a premium for. They don't pay a premium for somebody sitting for hours and hours and hours editing a concert. So right. instead of being an editor that did this work, he became the powerful promo creator. Mm. Sounds cheesy, but he had an outcome, a powerful promo. So it's sort of amplified a promo, which is always smart. And then instead of being an editor, which has a very low value in the production market, he became a creator. So even though it sounds a little bit cheesy, it really works because now, you know, from being a Venezuelan immigrant who was a ballet dancer, he makes more money than most of us because he separated himself from a market with millions of other editors and he made himself a unique brand. So now people, you know, they want to know what he does and he can show short videos that explains it. And he's also so different that people can share it and people understand that he is different because he's the powerful prom creator. There's only one of him in this world. So he doesn't have to compete with people on big websites. Like people won't go into Upwork and search for the powerful prom creator. They look for an editor where they try to push people on price and get people to compete against each other. And he's not interested in that. He also doesn't work hourly anymore. He works by outcome. Because when you can guarantee a client an outcome, you can charge premium prices. That is so, so good. So you can have, 
<laughs> yeah. So you can actually ask yourself, what are some of the outcomes that my clients want that I'm really passionate about helping them get? And this can be branding, design, coaching, whatever service provider you are. Focus on the outcomes that you uniquely can deliver to your client. And you can put different ones together. And then you can also amplify, like put an amplificational word in front of it or behind it to make it more powerful. I love it. So, and yes, so the, so he, what the outcome that Juan, so Juan is this lovely Venezuelan immigrant living in Spain. He was a ballet dancer. We worked with him on our love course. For those of you guys who did that in the fall of 2018, he made some beautiful videos, including a fire ritual for us. So he went from being an hourly editor, scrapping for work among other editors in a saturated market positioning himself as a promo creator and then adding this intriguing adjective of powerful. So like you're saying, sure, it might sound a little like hokey, but it does make you go, oh, what's that? Tell me more. So if you're if you're playing with a soft sell title for your business or brand or what you do, and you say something that sounds like, oh, what's that? Or, oh, tell me more. Oh, I'm intrigued. You know you're on to something, you know? <laughs> And I mean, listen, I'm an astrologer and that puts me in a sea of that as well. So I totally understand what this feels like. Um, but it's it's really, really great. Uh, and we're going to have a, a downloadable not, worksheet, right, for people. So, yes, go ahead. Yeah, you're not like just an astrologer anymore. You're the astrologer of success. So yes. you found the outcome that you want. Uh, that's the North Star for your business. It is. So that people that come to your platform understand that you can use astrology and lead them with these tools to more success in their life. So Absolutely. that's the brilliance of being and differentiating yourself because it gets more clear what you do that is unique to you so that people can connect to it instead of being generic where you actually have no control of what people think that you offer. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I really hope that you guys are taking that in because I know how discouraging it can be sometimes when you're working so hard and you have so much value and you care so much, you have so much to give, and it feels like nobody's listening or you can't get that leg up. So the soft sell titling and just, it's just it can really, really turn it around. I mean, I know you have a couple other examples uh, if you want to share those of people who who've done that or who've applied that um or some well, of your techniques well i worked with i worked with one of your friends before i started working with you Ophi, and the challenge is that when people just think about the short-term strategy like i'm just going to create this in two weeks and then make money mm -hmm. um it's not always that people you know can connect and understand the value that you're trying to offer in your coaching program or online program in such a short period of time and the higher the price is the more time people need to really connect to the narrative and the outcomes that you're trying to make them understand that they can achieve in the service program. So when I work with this psychotherapist, we had to really just redo the whole branding and the whole business and do all of the sort of the basic work. Uh, because a lot of people that are really good at their job, they forget to be good at them, you know, good to themselves. They serve other people, but they don't serve themselves. So it's like the hairdresser never gets her own haircut. Like they just focus on everyone else. Oh God, and yes. then they're not promoting their business. So you're the designer, but you don't actually design your website. 
you know, you, you print business cards, but you don't have your own business cards. It's just, it's very, very common. We have a form of self-sabotage there. So we really need it, especially when you're in the personal development industry, you can't just push and scare people to buy something on a short amount of time because it's all about integrity and trust to show substance. And the funny thing with her is that she had created, I think hundreds of videos that were like two, three minutes long and for years, but nobody has ever seen them. And we had to look at what do people actually want? So they wanted to interact with her. So we created again, these open groups where people can communicate live with her. We created much longer videos that now have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views and so much engagement. And then she had this launch where she had made maybe 25,000 and didn't actually make any money. And she ended up having over $700,000 in sale in a year wow. because she started to do the long-term strategies. She started to really, you know, do the work that is needed, building that trust and community and engagement and not just speaking to people in the format that she was comfortable in speaking, but literally practicing. And I remember the first time she had to send me six videos before I approved the video that she was publishing on YouTube um, because wow. she had to speak 16 minutes and really tell a story that could really inspire people to look into one area of their life. And if they wanted free therapy and free advice, they could just listen to all the videos. But of course, after giving so much value that people really could connect to, people came and bought her $1,000 program. Wow. Yep. And that is what it is, right? Give that value up front so people really understand what they're getting from you. What, you know, it's, I think a lot of people do get hung up on making, making that quick money and getting paid and da, da, da. And it's like, if they don't know, if they haven't tasted what you're offering, it could be the best dish in the world, but it's going to go cold because you have to, you have to give them a, you have to give them a sample. They have to connect to you. So yeah, it's so great that you help people to do that. I'm sure your course is going to be so amazingly helpful. So, you know, if I... This is kind of like a bigger philosophical question, but if there was anything that you wish the conscious entrepreneurs knew when they started or were trying to grow a business, like what do you wish, you know, be, that we didn't talk about already? What do you wish that they knew? Well, I think the first thing that I think nobody wants to accept, especially people who have been, you know, a professional for many, many years, you just have to accept that you're going to suck. <laughs> things that you're trying to do. You are going to suck at making videos. You are going to suck at making podcasts. You're going to suck at, you know, so many different aspects of the business. And you actually have to go through it yourself. You can't just outsource everything. You can't outsource your, your voice. You can outsource your expertise and your engagement. Mm. Like personally, I was like horrible at doing videos the first years. And slowly it would get better. Just add a little bit of social anxiety on that. It's not easy for many of us to, to be there and stand in front of people and speak. 98% of us are terrified of speaking in front of people. But just being human and normal and real and relatable, when that's your motivation, not trying to be like everyone else, not trying to copy Marie Faleo, Marie, because she has a whole team behind her. It's different. Right. And not everyone is, you know, relate to Marie. Not everyone is at that level. Right. So don't look at everyone else and think this is how you should do it. Just try to be yourself and let your followers be part of the journey, 
while you build more confidence, while you build more profit and more experience, don't try to like step over 50 steps and become someone that you're not. So people think you're perfect and professional because that perfect and uber professional doesn't really sell well. No. Professor doesn't, as I said, make a lot of money, even though they know the most about certain subjects. And being perfect of images doesn't mean that you will sell a lot of programs. I see a lot of people, they hire a stylist and they have all these gold chains and they're sitting on a Ferrari and they're like, you're going to make lots of money. It doesn't mean <laughs> sure. people, people who are, have a brain and they're smart and sophisticated don't buy that shit. So the people who do buy it are people that actually think that that stuff works. They're desperate. The you don't want desperate people because they're, they're going to be the first ones that demand their money back when your BS promise inevitably doesn't work or they're going to write terrible reviews and you're, when you Google yourself, all you're going to see is like horrible things about yourself on Yelp and Facebook and that kind of thing. So um, it's, it's so true. And also when we do more of a soft approach and a soft launch, what I see is that we have almost no refunds whatsoever in any of the launches that I've done. For example, Patricia, our friend, she had an amazing, successful launch, but we had to simplify our product because that's another thing that I see is that, oh God, yeah. you know, people tend to add so much detail and so much stuff and so many outcomes that they can't explain what they're doing. And nobody understands actually what they're doing and where they're going. And then everyone is confused. And then they have to use all their marketing powers, sort of renting people's attention in ads, trying to get them interested in something that they can't really explain what is. I am so, so guilty of that. You had to break me of that one, too. I think I'm still a recovering, overgiver, confuser. So... <laughs> Yeah, but it's normal. We we want, you know, as over-functioning entrepreneurs, we want to make sure everyone has, you know, great value. But a part of this job is to also trust that the client themselves also puts in the effort and the work, and you have to make it possible for them to do their own work. So if you're constantly feeding them, then they're not going to jump out of the nest and start flying. Exactly. So it's about finding finding a balance and also learning to set some solid boundaries. There will there will be no successful entrepreneur in this world without the boundary uh, aspect of it. Yes. And this is something everyone will be, you know, they will have to learn how to set boundaries for themselves, how to take care of themselves and how to set boundaries with clients, you know, with so much social media, it is really, really hard. Like these boundaries can get very, very unclear and you won't have the energy and you will spend way too much money and way too much time on everything that doesn't really matter to you. Like you will just become a slave in your own business if you do not get really clear on what is your boundaries. So I think oh, that I would have be the been there. second Recovering business slave here too, you know, because <laughs> it is the flip side of like giving generously, but not at your own expense, not at your own detriment, not until it hurts, literally. And people are like, great, everything's free here. Why would I ever buy anything from them? So, yes, absolutely. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean... Any parting words you have, David? This has been so amazing. I mean, you've 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 given us so much, um, so much gold here to work with. Uh, if there's one thing that you think people should take away, I mean, I love what you just said about yes, you are gonna suck when you start. You know, if there's one thing that you want to leave people with, no pressure, but you're an Aries, you can handle a question like this. What would what would that be? 
one thing they could do this weekend or think about or take with them? Well, I think it's really important if, you know, if somebody's listening and they're thinking of creating a new business or they're thinking to up-level their business or they're, they're having this, I think it was you or Tali who said a digital embryo. I think it's so funny and so brilliant, <laughs> like carrying a digital embryo somewhere. And you want to share this idea with the world. You want to profit on it, but you also want to serve the world with some type of concept of product you're doing. Be very mindful when a product or an idea is at its seed level, when you're like putting the seed in the ground, that you are really, really aware that you're at your highest self, that you're not working on this idea when you're burned out. Like go to yoga and meditate and talk to a friend that inspires you and become your happiest, most joyful. Like become the energy that would be like the outcome of this idea being successful. Like mm. manifest that energy right now before you start working on it. Because if you sit and work on these ideas and these strategies and it's based on fear and fear of like not making enough money and, and this fear of lack and this this need to be validated by everyone else, then, then that little seed can turn into a real business troll. And yeah. trust me, I have worked <laughs> with a lot of those and it takes a lot of effort to redo the seed level and, and grow something else up. So just be mindful. What energy are you putting into this? Like, if you're not clear, then you might actually manifest the business that is actually expressing expressing all your fears. Oh, wow. And we don't need that in the world. So please be mindful. Be the business you wish to launch in the world. That's exactly. a paraphrase of, that's Gandhi what he'd say in the 21st century if he had a tech startup or something. <laughs> oh my God. Words of twisted wisdom for us all. So thank you so much, David. Um, you can go to davidvox.com and we will be sharing a URL to get on the waiting list for his upcoming program. If you're thinking of launching a, a training or course of any kind, and you want to learn how to do it with this amazing methodology, David will have all the tools you need to learn that. So we will post that when he has that link um, for me later. Uh, but meanwhile, follow him, David Vox, V-O-X. If you love dogs especially, David has two incredible dogs named Aya and Tika who are stars of his Instagram feed along with your world <laughs> travels and spiritual retreats and all the amazing things you do in your life. So thank you, David. And thank you guys for joining us for another Astrology of Success podcast. We will see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much, Ovi. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for the Astrology of Success podcast. You can follow us on iTunes at Astro Twins Radio and come get all your horoscopes at astrostyle.com. See you soon. <laughs>